the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I touched at the top of the hour on the study from the CDC that hopelessness is increasing. 40% of teenagers, and they parse that out, 30% of boys, 57% of girls. The problems are nationwide, and they're right here at home. Uh, Hilliard City School Board had a big meeting on Monday night about this federal lawsuit filed by the eight parents who do not appreciate that their kids are being indoctrinated with the LGBTQ agenda and the whole I'm safe badges and all that nonsense. And the Hilliard School Board is split, okay? You have some holdovers who are decidedly woke and progressive, and then you have a couple new people who were elected in the fall who are trying to work with these wackos. And when you're a board member, your disagreements are best adjudicated out of the sight of the public. So the other night at the meeting, the two new board members came out publicly and said, you know, look, we're going to uh, look at this seriously, this lawsuit, and we're going to, um, we support our teachers, of course. They presented like a nice, unified front. And then after uh, that ended, um, one of the holdover board members, Kara Crowley, Uh, gets up and basically disparages the lawsuit, disparages the parents. This misinformation and mischaracterizations they are spreading are not only misleading but harmful. Our schools are wonderful. Our teachers are incredible. And our students and I stand with all of our students without exception. Well, if everything was hunky-dory, Kara Crowley, there would be no lawsuit. There would be no dispute over the fact that some of your teachers are decidedly LGBTQ um, agenda-pushing advocates by wearing these badges that have no place in your school. Not in your high school, not in your elementary school. By definition, when some teachers wear a badge that say, I'm safe, you are saying to other teachers who do not choose to wear the badge, you are saying they are not safe. You are pitting teacher against teacher. You are introducing division in your school. And I would think as a board member, that would not be something that you would want to glorify. But you yourself share this ideology. And so hopefully when you come up for re-election, you will be voted off the board, just like the two incumbents were voted off the board the last time. Because while you persist in your progressive-ism, which that very word, like all words that the Democrats pick, uh, is walked out in a fashion that is the opposite of what the word conveys, you will be voted off the board too. And all of us who are sane and all of us who would like schools to be about education look forward to that day. This is where you have to exact the toll for a failure to perform. And I hope that not only does Kara Crowley bear that consequence, I hope in the state of Michigan... Now that they have suffered a very, very painful consequence for the policies of yet another progressive prosecutor, when it is time for the prosecutor 
in the state of Michigan who allowed this shooter at Michigan State to be walking the streets when he should have been in jail because he had a felony gun arrest in 2019, a five-year sentence. Did he serve five years? Oh, no, he didn't. He's able to get out and walk through several buildings on the Michigan State campus the other night and murder three kids. He should have been in jail because, as I've said many times, as I will continue to say many times, the only cure for crime is punishment. That is the only cure. Crime that is not punished is crime that will not only repeat, but crime that will escalate. Because punishment, when done right, is a deterrent to future crime. And of course, punishment resulting in incarceration does deter crime simply because the people who have committed the crime are now behind bars and can't commit the crime again. But when you have someone who committed a felony gun violation and was sentenced to five years and they serve far less than that and they're out on the street and they probably have mental health challenges too, it's heartbreaking to see the video from Michigan State to see these students crying and how terrified they were of this particular instance. And then you have the politicians who come on the air and they talk about, what do they talk about? They talk about gun violence, right? Oh, the gun violence. Got to stop. They got the rock painted. How many more? Yeah. How many more? However many more you allow. However many more you don't punish. That's how many more. However many more people who commit crimes who you don't punish for them for their crimes, that's how many more that you will be tempting to do exactly what this shooter did which is escalate his crime because he was not punished for his first crime. Wow, Bruce, you sound really harsh. Yeah, I do. I also sound very sensible. The cure is never to trace it back beyond the gun. At least the cure from those who like to make political points out of tragedies like this. They like to stand a little taller because, oh, look, I got three dead bodies I can stand on and tell everybody how much I am against this. We're all against it. We're all against it. It's just that a few of us understand that there's a time-proven way to fix it. And those of you who continue to deny that, well, you're the people who perpetuate it. Now, there were two very amusing stories in the Columbus Dispatch today. One by uh, Anna Staver, who covers politics since they downsized Daryl Rowland. And it's very funny, very amusing to me that one of the um, Turncoat 22, Bill Seitz, theoretically an Ohio Republican congressperson, uh, is decrying the fact that the Republicans in the House who continue to support Derek Maron, even though Maron is not the Speaker of the House, Jason Stevens is, Uh, Bill Seitz thinks that it's time that all the people who are continuing to tell him what a backstabber he and his fellow Stevens allies are, uh, Bill Seitz says it's time for everybody to uh, give up this fight and uh, that politics is a team sport. (laughs) And so all the Republicans in the House who didn't get their way, which is to say they didn't... uh, they didn't double-cross Derek Maron. They didn't lie about their support of Derek Maron. They were authentic in their promise to vote for Derek Maron as Speaker. All those people need to get on board the team that Bill Seitz is on, and he is on Team Stevens. 
Well, Bill, you're not wrong in that, yes, politics is a team sport, and that's kind of the issue, is that you have picked the wrong team. You did not stay on the Republican team that was going to make Derek Maron a conservative, the Speaker of the House. We were going to get the backpack bill. We were going to get the Protect Women's Sports Act. We were going to get the SAFE Act to keep LGBTQ ideology out of schools. Couldn't be taught to kindergarten, first, second, and third grade. And we might have gotten, we might have gotten a law in the state of Ohio that would not have allowed gender transition surgeries and puberty blockers to be given to minor children. We might have gotten that too. But when you joined forces with Jason Stevens, made Stevens the speaker, and Stevens got 33 Democrats to support him, 11 more than the 22 Republicans who supported him, you did join the wrong team. You're claiming the other Republicans are on the wrong team. No, Bill Seitz, it's you who's on the wrong team. You and Jason Stevens and all the others, Gene Schmidt and Al Kutrona and the others, you are on the wrong team. And here's what is going to happen, Bill Seitz. You are going to be primaried in the next election in 2024. And the Republican State Central Committee and your county Republican party committees are going to go and find people to run against you. Now, it may not work. I grant that. You've got a big name. You've got a lot of money. Jason Stevens will get his teachers union pals to throw money your way, and you'll probably win. But we're going to make you work to get reelected. And our hope is that we can turn... How many of those seats do we need to turn? Oh, we only need to turn uh, about seven or eight of them, of the 22, to get authentic Republicans in the House. And then you, hopefully, will be watching the game from the sidelines. So as we wrap up the show today, a little update on the state trooper who was hit by his own cruiser which was itself hit by a woman who was uh, under the influence, we think, of fentanyl. Uh, Her name is Aaliyah Weil, and she crashed into the cruiser of Trooper Adrian Wilson uh, on I-71 near Grove City. Now, what's interesting about this, two things. Uh, Ms. Weil had recently posted on her Facebook page a request that people uh, donate for her birthday. Uh, Well, this was several years ago. For my birthday, I'm asking for donations to Facing Addiction. A lot of my friends know what I've struggled with for the last 10 years. All I can say is I'm so lucky I've made it this far. I have a great life, beautiful daughter, and I'm happy. Well, she obviously relapsed, and uh, she's now had her bond set at $1 million. She will have her first court appearance Today Now, as for Trooper Wilson, this is not his first brush with um, being in the wrong place, wrong time. Pam, do you remember a crash uh, in August in Pickaway County um, a year ago where a person ran, was going the wrong way on a highway, hit a state patrol trooper's 
cruiser, and yes, it was the same trooper. Wow. Trooper Wilson. And then hit another car and killed two people. Um, yeah, I mean, this is terrible. And, and the trooper was off work for like a year. My trooper goodness. Wilson was off work mm-hmm. for a year. And now he just recently had a bad back injury from that crash where he ran his cruiser into this person going the wrong way on the highway trying to keep them from hitting other people. I do remember that story now. Yeah. Yes. And that that woman's car hit another car, mm-hmm. killed a 17-year-old boy from Asheville, and a 34-year-old man from uh, Gallup Police. Both of them uh, died. So uh, just terrible. Mr. Uh, Trooper Wilson has had incredibly bad luck. Uh, line of duty injuries. And I'm told that he will have surgery uh, later on this week and that his injuries are significant. So he just got done. I think a lot of people down in Grove City know him. He goes to church in the Grove City area, I am told. so. The photos of the cars, oh, just you yeah. can't tell that her vehicle was a RAV4. Yeah. You know his was a Dodge Charger, and of course those are beefed up pretty good for the State Highway Patrol. Yes, they are. And yet pretty much the bumper is pushed all the way through the back seat. All the way to the back window, yeah. yeah. Now, an extensive story today in the Columbus Dispatch telling you what I already told you months ago uh, that was pretty self-evident. Christina Johnson, the president of Ohio State, uh, is no longer going to be the president of Ohio State because she couldn't get along with Les Wexner. And because, as I told you, it was about a fight over the hospital. Les Wexner had a way he wanted to run the hospital. She didn't want to run it that way. She wanted everybody to report to her. And when you give $100 million to a hospital and they name it after you, (laughs) guess what? You have uh, some interest in how the place is run. And the story goes on to say, which all this stuff to me is just so So it all came out afterwards. So incredibly obvious, which is, again, it was what I told you months ago. A lot of the board of trustees does Les Wexner's bidding. How many things on campus has Les Wexner paid for? How many things? Like, remember Mershon Auditorium used to be, or whatever that is at 15th and High? Yeah. I don't even know. That's now like the Wexner Performing uh, Arts Center. They changed the name? I didn't realize so, that. I mean, it's, Whoa. I mean, Les Wexner writes the bill. Anything they need at Ohio State, Les mm, Wexner mm, writes the check mm. for it. He's a big booster of Ohio State, and it's, to me, ridiculous to think that he's going to write a check for that many tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of dollars, and not expect to have a say on things. His wife's on the board of trustees, people. Why do you think that is? So this is all hilarious to me that the dispatch is reporting this like, oh, wow, look, Les Wexner didn't get along with Christina Johnson. Yeah, really. Do you think she'd be gone if he wanted her still here? No, of course not. Also, very interesting in this story, guess who her attorney is? Christina Johnson's attorney, Rex Elliott. Oh, Rex Elliott. Where do you know that name from? Rex Elliott sees those dollar signs, brother. He represents the family of Donovan Lewis, the guy who the cops knocked on his door for like 10 minutes, let a dog loose in the apartment. Hey, open the door, Donovan. Donovan wouldn't open the door. They had to push the door open. Donovan got up from his bed in the dark with something in his hand. And unfortunately, Donovan Lewis got shot. Rex Elliott sees dollar signs and hears the cash register ringing. So he's not only representing, he's not only trying to be the Columbus version of Ben Crump, He sees dollar signs where Christina Johnson is going to, no doubt, sue or try to settle for a bunch of millions of dollars from Ohio State for having to leave because she didn't get along with Les Wexner. But 
buried in this story is also a detail that I have run into in my past career with Ohio State in that they insulate themselves from accountability and make some very, very, very um, disputable claims about what they are required to do by law. So they hire this guy from Harvard to do a evaluation of Christina Johnson, okay? So he's going to do <laughs> he's going to do this evaluation of Christina Johnson in 2022. And he he interviews her, he interviews boards of trustee members, he interviews people on her staff. He interviews all these people and he files a report with the board of trustees but he gives the report orally. So there's no written report. Why is that, Bruce? Because if there's a written report, you can file a Freedom of Information Act request for it, and they have to disclose their dirty laundry. The other thing they're saying is that this guy, because Ohio State hired him to do a personnel evaluation, and that this guy, who is not a lawyer, by the way, is working with the university's lawyer on evaluating Christina Johnson. Okay, so he's not a lawyer, but he's doing the evaluation because the person who's supposed to do the evaluation or the entity that's supposed to do the evaluation is the school's legal department. Ohio State is contending that his review is not subject to Freedom of Information Act disclosure because it's covered by attorney-client privilege. He's not an attorney. How is this guy covered by attorney-client privilege if he's not an attorney? Don't you have to be an attorney? Ohio State says no. Ohio State says no. So they're trying to do everything they can to keep their dirty laundry out of the public. But it's funny to me that the disp- I mean, this story is endless. It goes on and on and on and on and on. And they quote bazillion anonymous sources, which the more anonymous sources you quote, the more they just all blend together. Shocker. There are people who are beholden to and feel loyal to Les Wexner. And shocker. There are progressive people at Ohio State who are beholden to and feel loyal to Christina Johnson. And she tried to pull a power play on Les Wexner, and that's a power play you're not going to win. And she didn't win it. And now she's out. And Ohio State's trying to keep the details out of the public. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.